Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and myself covering the New York Yankees. And you could find our podcast wherever you find your podcasts at Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio. And you could also find us on Twitter at Talking Rivals. You could f- find Patrick on Twitter at Patrick Trotty. And you could follow myself at CP7NY. And you could also find us on Sportswire Radio, which is located at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you could follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, on Twitter for all the scheduling. And his Twitter handle is at Thomas Bryce 2017. So, Patrick, what's going on? Uh, our hot stove is it? I think it's starting to dwindle down the free agent market. Free agent yeah. Market. I- after after the big names have come off the board, it's kind of it's kind of mid level teams filling in, you know, what they need with uh, two year deals, one year deals. But I mean, still some useful players out there that'll definitely, you know, teams are hoping will have a bounce back year, you know, for twenty twenty three. But I mean, it's the biggest biggest news is Carlos Correa and the Mets. Yes, and what's um, going on there? <laughs> yeah, I, I still can't believe. Well, first from the Giants' point of view, I can't believe that the Giants lost out on Judge and Correa, and turned that into Taylor Rogers and Michael Conforto. <laughs> yeah, that's for, uh, not for great. a total of five years between them. Oh. Five years and like seventy million. So that's that's what they're. Like, you know how every team has the billboard out front of the stadium of their top player? Right. What are the, what are the Giants? What is it? An eight, a farewell tour for Brendan Crawford and and um, and uh, Belt? Yeah, I don't <laughs> Hopefully Joey Bart turns into... Yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully this guy that we've touted for the last two years turns into something and uh, say goodbye to these old players. Right. <laughs> That's giant fever. It's it's crazy, you know. And when you think about the money that they've offered some of these free agents, like just when you think if, if the, they went after Judge and they lost him, so let's say if they were offering exactly what the what the Yankees were offering too, nine years, thirty three hundred sixty million dollars, and they were also trying to get uh, Correa between the two of them. They could have signed instead of signing both instead of signing one or two of those guys, they could have signed um, Swanson and they could have got Rodon back at the same yeah. price for one of them. Yep. Right. When you, they, I mean, they got Conforto for 10, 10% of what judge cost. And they might get 10% of his production. Yep. I, I mean, I, you know, like a, be, you know, before he signed there, you know, a lot of, I seen a lot on Twitter that you know Conforto's still out there. I wouldn't mind the Yankees going after him. We don't know how he's going to be this year because right, he was out all of last year, and his twenty twenty, his twenty twenty one season was not great either. No, so you know, like I, I don't know how he's going to perform. So that kind yeah. of you know, I'm, I'm thinking something in between twenty twenty one and maybe one of his better years in the past. So something in the middle. Yeah, I think great. No, and and to add on top of that, he's playing his home games in San Francisco. 
yeah. right? Which is not exactly a, a hit his ballpark. So <laughs> no. And then with Correa on the Mets side, it's I, I don't I, I don't I don't like the deal. I didn't I didn't like the way they did this deal. I I get I've been reading that you know a lot of people are against the deal because they think that the Mets are trying to buy their way into a championship. I'm not. It's not because of that. It's they almost just swooped in and are taking on all the risk. Right. And all they got was it's kind of like the Lindor deal where they were basically against themselves bidding. And now with Correa. It's a little different, but it's similar because with Correa, he's he's obviously damaged goods, and all you lose, all you get off the discount is one year, and right. you know thirty something million off the top. So right. you're still paying one of the, I think one of the four highest salaries contracts in all baseball history. Yeah. So in that case, I don't think. I think the Mets kind of paid a little too much. But, right. And it's still not a done deal. Yeah. I personally, I think it's going to get done somehow. I think they'll figure it out. Maybe they'll put in the extra language into the contract to say, okay, if whatever it is, I think it's the right leg or the shin or the ankle, something with the right leg. Yeah. If, Whatever the area of concern is, they, they'll put a, something in the language of the contract to say, okay, if he misses X amount of games, like 40 games or something, because of that injury, then it'll be void. You know, then a certain part of the contract will get voided. You know, you know what I mean? Just to protect the Mets from a certain, you know, from a certain angle. But um, I, I agree with you. I'm, and, and when you look at his production, great. I'm not putting the guy down, but is he that much better than Swanson? When you when you put his numbers right next to each other, they're pretty. Close. I don't think he's one hundred and fifty million dollars better. No, I exactly. I I would have trust me. I would have. I liked the Swanson deal for the Cubs seven years. I thought that was yeah. a steal after all the you know after all the big contracts went. Yeah, so, I I don't know. I, I'm with and, you. <laughs> and I think the Mets. I like what Steve Cohen is doing as far as spending money. And we'll see if it works on the field. But, you know, that's what the Dodgers did a couple of years ago. And but you, you and they supplant they supplemented it with a good farm system, which it looks like the Mets have with Beatty and Alvarez, some other prospects. Um it's it's there's gonna be a lot of last minute kind of okay, let's bring this team together now quickly in spring training but that happens with a lot of teams and i'm not too worried about that i'm just worried about them being healthy oh yeah i mean you know you got top end of their pitching staff and their marquee players yep yeah it's a lot to ask and it's a happy price to pay but that's the going rate now so and they probably got i mean can you think of another team that has that has more pressure on them to win the world series than the Mets do this year right now. Yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, Buck Walter is in a no-win position. He's, I mean, if he wins, then it's like, oh well, you spent this much money in the offseason. Let's all hail Steve Cohen, and the new guys will get all the credit. 
Showalter, they'll they'll say, oh, well, he finally got over the hump. No big deal. Whatever. He was right. expected to. And if he doesn't, I don't think he's, I don't think he stays. If they don't, if they don't actually, I think if they, anything less of, less than a penny, I don't think Showalter comes back. Right. I think he's got to get at least to the World Series. Yeah. I totally agree. He gets to the World Series and something crazy happens or, you know, it's a bullpen, blows it or something, or somebody just steps up on the other team, goes off, then whatever. But. Oh, I I totally agree. Uh, They're at that point where it's because, I mean, let's say if if the Korea Korea deal does come through, it's like, what else can they do? You know, maybe add another pitcher to that rotation and and move Carrasco out of the t- out of the five or you know like there's so much there's there's not much you could do right now at this point. I mean they've they've improved everywhere. They arguably have the best rotation in the game. They have a very good ballpen now. Um, I they're they're easily the favorite to win. And yeah, they moved on from uh, <laughs> James McCann, sent him to Baltimore. And I think they they paid nineteen out of the twenty four million. Yeah, just didn't have them not play with them. Yeah, that's. So, <laughs> but that's not just, exactly a ringing endorsement. That's just Cohen. He's got play money right now, you know, yeah. and he's just just throwing it away. So, but listen, is it? It's great for the Mets. It's good, and it's good for the the. I think it's good for the league in one way. It's good for the league in. It's getting people to notice the league again. You know, it's getting people to notice baseball. Like, wow, look at this guy. He's spending all his money. So the eyes are on baseball again. Not again, but I think more eyes are on the league. But is it good for the game itself? Probably not. Um, It just shows you how, you know, how much of a difference the big market team is compared to the small market teams. You know, the money that's... and, And both our teams have done this in the past. Yeah. And spent money and continue to spend money. I mean, look at Aaron Judge's contract. Maybe not to this extreme. But not to this extreme. And I would say there's probably four or five players on the Mets right now that are making more money each season than Oakland and Pittsburgh. Yeah. (laughs) So. It is incredible. It's it's just, yeah. But until they win, it's going to be. I think I think for them it's health. It's how quickly they come together as a team, and then the biggest thing is what do they do at the trade deadline? Yeah, because you know something's going to happen there because yeah. someone's going to be. And is it a little move up. like Vogel back, or is it a big move because of an injury or something happened? Or... But definitely health. I mean, if they stay healthy, they're in that division. Um, there's a lot of winnable games there. It's a tough division at the same. Right. The top three are going to be tough. Philly, yeah. you know, Philly's obviously coming off of going to the World Series. They added, obviously, Trey Turner, so that's going to help them. And they added, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they just added Kimbrell. Right, Kimbrell. Um, I was thinking, I was going to say. That was, that was a Philly move, if yeah. you've ever seen one. That was right on brand for them <laughs> in, you know, tight tight roping, a high wire act, whatever you want to call it for the bullpen. When Kimball was on, he like when he was when he came back to the Cubs, I when he came to the Cubs, he was on 
point, and I think his ERA was below one. And yeah, then, 0.49. And <laughs> then when he got dealt to the White Sox, it ballooned. So you just got to hope if you're the if you're the Phillies that you can just catch lightning in a bottle and hopefully he has one of his breakout years. Yeah, he's and capable of it, but when it gets bad, it gets really ugly. And we've seen last year. He did have 22 saves for the Dodgers, but his ERA was 3.75. You know, he didn't he didn't end the season as their closer, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it could go either way, you know, but this is a guy that's he's been through it, World Series, playoffs. Yeah. He's done it all. The guy's got 394 career saves. So, that was a it's it's a move like one of those, hey, why not? Right? Because yeah. they have a couple I mean... of arms in the bullpen. Yeah, worst case scenario is he, he's thrown to a four or a five ERA and you, you move on from him at the trade deadline. Right. But if the best case is, I mean, he could he could get hot and throw to a one ERA. I'm not thinking he's going to, but I'm thinking something in between. But Yeah, no, I agree. And they had to replace um, Robinson, who went to the Mets, right? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, their bullpen's still not at strength for the Phillies. No, but it's, hey, look, it's anything is it's getting better. <laughs> yeah, right. It couldn't get worse, I guess. So it is getting better. But here, I wanted to connect, because I was thinking today, I wanted to connect Correa in some way to to our teams. Okay. Not the Yankees, but I'm going to connect them to you guys. Because I had him going when we were talking about who we, who we you know, who our, what our offseason plan would be for, you know, the, the other team, like, you, yeah. you know, you picked the Yankee plan. I picked the Red Sox plan. Remember, I had Correa going to you guys. Now, yeah. if, a big if, obviously, if this deal doesn't go through um, with the with the Mets, the Red Sox should swoop in and oh, offer, yeah. <laughs> offer him something like what he got from last year with Minnesota, like a three-year deal with an opt-out after one or two. Give him, give him the same exact contract and give him the one-year opt-out. Right. Exactly. And then here on top of that, this is the part that's going to get even better. If they if they are truly not going to sign Devers, here's your chance to dangle him over the Mets and say, "Okay, you want you want your third baseman? Here's a third baseman for you. I got arguably one of the best ones or the best third baseman hitting wise in the league. You give me your top three prospects and we'll call it a day. How's that? That sounds like a pretty good offseason. Right. But... You'll add Beatty. You'll add – I don't think they would give up the catcher. No, I think they would take – I think it would I think it would be three. They would probably say prospects number two through ten give us three or four of them. Right. So you get probably Beatty. And you know what? And if, if Correa stays at least a year, that gives you another year – for Mayer to, yeah, uh, Meyer to, um, you know, to progress in the minors and and all that, so you don't have to rush him. Yeah, That's I, why don't, I, was I, don't, I don't dislike that idea. I just I want to see it work out with one of their homegrown stars. So I want to see Devers obviously sign and extend. But if if that's not going to happen, the closer they get to spring training, more and more likely it seems that there's not going to be an extension. Right. So. 
Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm yeah. I'm nervous. I I don't think it's going to happen to be honest. No, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. But then I would and I think we got to you got to move to something else, you know right. what I mean? You got to you got to be able to pivot and say, "Okay, but this I know I know it stinks to lose Bogarts and then to not extend Devers, but then you got to have a plan." And that's, that's as good yeah. a plan as I've read because some of the plans are so far the Red Sox are in trade talks with the Marlins for Joey Wendell. That's not going to push the needle. That's, that's not exactly going no. to get the job done. He's no. a good player, but he had three home runs and he batted 259 last year. Okay. And he can play multiple positions. But, that's great. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's not going to. The Yankees re-signed Judge. They did it the right way. Other teams are making moves. I I just don't think the Red Sox can say, okay, we lost Bogarts, and now we're going to go cheap on Devers, and, but we're bringing in Joey Wendell. It makes no I, – I don't understand. Like, what is their reasoning? Are they, are they really just looking to They're, rebuild – is that what they're trying to do? I think they're looking to rebuild. And there was also there was also uh something I'm trying to trying to get it right. Um there was a millionaire's tax that was passed in the state of Massachusetts. So now there's a state income. If you make over a million dollars, right, the on the annual income, it goes from five percent to nine percent on your income taxes. Oh. So it almost doubles the tax. Hmm. The Red Sox, uh, Boston Globe is reporting that agents who have been negotiating with the Red Sox factoring in the tax when contemplating offers. But it, really, come on, just, just right. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, what? does a fan really care about this? You know, no. like <laughs> this is not my no, problem. Because it, if you didn't get Bogarts because it was too much money, and then you don't extend Devers because it's too much money. Then lower the beer and hot dog prices. Right. And okay. we know that's not happening. And that's not happening. So then just just figure something out. Give I us don't want to hear from and that's another thing. Red Sox fans have not heard from the ownership in forever. I think there should be at least at least once a year just a just a press conference, a QA, something. Right. And that's mm-hmm. nothing Yankee ownership does in the GM. Yeah. You always hear something from them. You may not like what they have to say. Or but at least like, you're hearing from them. Right. And it might be BS at the end of the day, which it normally is. You know, they're like politicians. They'll just, they say what, what we want to hear. Like, oh, yeah, we're not done. We're, we're going to still try to improve the team. I'm sure that's what, you know, your owner would say. I'm sure, you know, when the GM would say, oh, we're, we're still working. We're still trying to get the team better. We're still, we're still working on some trades now. And, you know, they're going to give you that line, which is great. But at least, like you said, at least hear it from them. I don't want yeah. to, you know, because they can't, like you said, they can't lose both Bogarts and Devers in the same offseason. No. But, oh, I mean, they could. Here's the thing. If they trade Devers and bring back a pretty close to a Soto-type package back, you know what? I, I It's still not going to be a good thing for the from the fans' point of view. Because you're basically putting up the white flag saying, all right, I guess we're done this year. But from the the little that that they've done, you're basically putting up the white flag anyway. 
I mean, right now, yeah. you're the last place team. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I mean, and it's, now... It, it doesn't make sense for a lot of reasons, but if they're... like I think we both said this in the past. If they're not going to extend Devers, you got to move on. You got to get something for him. Yeah. You cannot just let someone... Look, I'm not saying Devers is the best player in baseball. He has his deficiencies. He's at the best average with his glove. He makes the great plays, but then some of the routine plays, you know, he'll just airmail a ball or whatever. But you cannot let that type of young, proven bat go for nothing. You just can't do it. That's going to take a year or two to get back yeah, if he, you're lucky. He just turned 26. So. Yeah. so. You're going to get a huge package for him. Is it going to be Soto? I don't know if it's no. going to be like that, but it's going to be close to get a guy at 26 years old. I mean, the numbers he puts up offensively, you yeah. can't you can't just trade for that or sign someone for that right now. That's a that's yeah. a huge that's going to be a huge package to get back, and hopefully, it's a better package than what you got back for. You know, and that that's the biggest problem. That's why I'm kind of like. <clears throat> on the fence about moving him or not because it's still the same people in charge making the decision. Right. If the, if say, if it was a deal between the Red Sox and the Mets and Bloom was just told from the Red Sox, look, since the, since the Mookie Betts trade, we're just gonna, let's just, let's just pump the brakes on us picking the talent. Let's see what the Mets, because most teams usually offer, usually say, with a great player that they're trading for, they can say, we'll give you, take two names out of a group of five that we offer of prospects or whatnot. Right. And that's how they start. And they just kind of go back and forth. But Bloom was the one that's that singled out for Dugo and Downs. So what I'm saying is, Hopefully this time <laughs> the Mets or whatever team is dealing with Devers kind of offers up a couple of players instead of because I don't I really don't trust Bloom to pick out a Devers replacement. And it's not fair to say the next prospect has to be the replacement, but if you're trading someone like Devers, that's the way it has to be. You have to get somebody back. Right. That is impact, whether it be a pitcher or a position player. Doesn't have to be a power hitting third baseman. It could be something different. It just you have to get something tangible, and you can't just say, "Oh, well, we got a seventeen year old that in five years is going to be great." Like, yeah, it's got to be more impact, like impact players now or yeah, very soon. I, I would rather, I, me personally, I would rather have two or three instead of four younger, younger players further away from the big leagues. I would rather have two than have the track record in the minors. Right. Like Beatty, so, I think, is perfect because he plays yeah. third base, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Vientos is another big, big bat. Beatty and Vientos is a great – I mean, Beatty – That's a good start. Vientos and um, their shortstop, even though we have a great shortstop coming up. Right. We still need, we still need to figure out the rest of the infield because – if if Beatty plays third, 
then Meyer isn't ready yet, obviously. So then Story, depending on where Story goes, and there's still talks that Kike Hernandez could slide and play shortstop. Hmm. I don't know so, if they really want that, but <laughs> right because no, when he when he was healthy last uh, two years ago, he played Gold Glove caliber center field, but it's just it's it's like musical chairs. It's like that game at the county fair, the um, whack a mole. Yeah, <laughs> you solve one problem, two more pop up. Right. So wherever story goes, he solves a problem, then he opens one up at second base. Right. So. I'd rather put Kiki at second than I think than short, right? Yeah, but I think it goes back to I mean the day after they lost out on Bogarts, if they didn't say Trevor Store is our guy, I think it goes back to his arm injury. Oh, right. And how they feel about that. Yeah, that's true. So and speaking of musical chairs, I'm reading about the Yankees left field options. Do you know 10 players saw time in left field for the Yankees last year? Wow. That's and a- there were it was Joey Gallo, Ben Intendi, and Duhar, LeCastro, Marwin Gonzalez, Aaron Hicks, and then there was also Oswaldo Cabrera, Stanton, that's eight. Florial is nine. And who was the last one? Oh boy. Oh man, who else? Uh, there was one more, but anyway, it said there was 10. They go through the different trades and the trade market possibility. Obviously, Brian Reynolds, Max Kepler. Yeah, Kepler's the name. I mean, I, I you said it before, and I, I agree with you. I don't think Reynolds. Unless they lower the asking price, right? And I'm not sure if Arizona is going to trade anybody because they just traded uh, Dalton Varsho to Toronto, right? Which I I like I like that move a lot for the D backs. Yeah, right? yeah. got back the catcher who's I think he's the number one prospect, one number yeah. one catching prospect, right? Yep. Um, and they got back Lourdes Scorial Jr. Right, who's got a pretty good bat, right? That's yeah. another decent bat they got back. So that's two good players they got back for Varshow. Um, I, I like that. I do like that move. And, you know, getting back to Reynolds for a second, like right now what they want is pitching. They want young, controllable pitching. And that's something we don't have. That's something that the Yankees just traded away. What was it, three of them at last year's trade deadline? So we really don't have the prospects that they're looking for. So we'd probably either A, have to make it into a three-team deal and hope that we could trade with another person, another team, our prospects that we have that, that we're willing to move um, and to get their prospects and then move them, you know. So yeah. I, I I don't think it's going to happen. And at this point, our top prospects, right, you got – Peraza is still the prospect and Volpe, right? And that's two shortstops. Now, I don't see them moving either one because we passed up on... And even if they moved them, Pirates have O'Neill Cruz. Right. So I don't even think they're going to look for them. That's the other thing. And they got a good third baseman. They got uh, Key Brian A. So so you're telling me they're (laughs) going to move their best asset in Brian Reynolds to get a prospect to switch him to second base? Right. I don't know. Yeah. 
And here's the other thing. And from the Yankees side, I wouldn't trade them either because you just passed up on four of the best shortstop options. And going forward, there's not there's there's no really good options in the next couple of years. So you're gonna need those guys. You're gonna need and you don't have any other depth at shortstop. And we've seen that unfortunately, because I don't want I don't want to see IKF again as the starting shortstop. You know, I'd rather see him as like a utility guy at this point. I don't want him back at short. So you can't really move Peraza. Or I don't think they were going to move Volpe regardless. I think Peraza, they'd be willing to move. But I really wouldn't move either one because we don't have that depth in the in their minor league system at shortstop. What about remaining free agents? And I look, if, if the <laughs> roles were reversed and you were about to say this name to me for the Red Sox, I would laugh too. But what about somebody like a Trey Mancini, Andrew McCutcheon? I like McCutcheon a lot. I mentioned him a couple of times. But with the caveat being if he doesn't go crazy in spring training or have a good start, then you could go right back to Cabrera. Right. And you could almost do a platoon-type situation also. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like McCutcheon. Mancini, I don't like – I like him. I like his bat, but I don't think he's that good as a fielder in the, okay. in the outfield, right? So for that reason, I wouldn't want him – the only other option, free agent-wise, I like Profar, switch hitter, could play multiple positions. You know, not the big power guy, but I, that would be my only option other than McCutcheon because I do like McCutcheon as a player. I've always liked him. Um, yeah, he's 35, 36 now, so he's not the player he was with Pittsburgh. But um, no. I think he could handle left field, you know, and don't play him every game. Every day, you know, like maybe put in, like you said, Cabrera could play left. And if you're still stuck with Hicks, you got him. But, and here's my, here's my other choice, right? Now, if you trade, you know, a lot of people were against trading for uh, Max Kepler from Minnesota. Um, and my thing is, listen, he's not a bad option, number one. Number two, even if you trade for him, if you, let's say they trade for Kepler, they could still keep their eye on, on Reynolds, and maybe eventually Pittsburgh caves a little bit and they say, all right, we like the guys that you've been offering. All right, we'll take them, you know, like maybe eventually that'll happen. So just because we make a move to get Kepler or sign a free agent, that doesn't take you out of the, you know, the running for someone else that just says, okay, now we got somebody because for me, I would make the trade for Kepler. If, if they like him that much, I would trade for him now because maybe in a couple of weeks, Another team's going to pick him up, like like with Arizona, with Varsho. Yeah. Toronto came in and said, there you go. You know, so maybe another team might do that for Kepler. So for me, I would I would make the move just so that I don't lose these guys. I would say, okay, I got – at least I'm set. You know, my roster is set. I got everything. If I want to improve later on, yeah, we could still – we're still in the process. But <clears> – and the other thing is trying to get rid of, of course, the Hicks and the Donaldson contract. The Hicks more than the Donaldson one because Hicks has three years left. Donaldson just has one. You know, maybe they figure, all right, we'll start with Donaldson and we'll give him a couple of months. You know, maybe by the end of May into June, if he's still hitting, you know, 205 or just under 200, maybe they'll just maybe they'll just cut him and then they'll bring up Volpe after that May, whatever date it is. You know, yeah. I, that's that's an option too. So um, we'll see. I, that's why I... But I think if they're going to make a move, if they like somebody, I would make it now and don't wait because if you wait, 
you're going to lose out on you're probably going to lose out on somebody because Kepler he's he's not making a lot of money and he's not a bad player. So, you know, make the move. If if you're going to make the move, make it. You know, don't wait because another team's going to say, "Ah, you know what? Let's get Kepler. He's not bad. He did have a bad year le- last year, but we've also seen him hit uh what did he hit that one year? 36 home runs 3 years ago. Yeah, and he's a plus defender. Right. So, why not? <laughs> we, yeah. we've, there is worse out there, obviously, and free agency is not much. There's very few options right now. Yeah, it's um, the song is almost over with musical chairs. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm okay with Kepler. Like I said, is he my first option? No, and McCutcheon, he's not my first option, but they're not bad players, and we're not going to find. You don't need to have a superstar at every single position. But you'd like somebody with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of plus somewhere. And at least I think, you know, like you said, Kepler's a very good fielder. McCutcheon is a former center fielder. So, you know, he could probably handle left right now. He's played all three positions. So, you know, you could do much worse than those two options. That's what I'm saying. And that reminds me something we just talked about. Superstar comment. It reminds me of the Mets. Just going back to the Mets for a second. Do you, and you talked about this for a minute, but do you think what do you think this does to the rest of the league? The way Cohen is spending money, the way the Mets are building their team. And do you think it I know you said it wasn't for the for the game. It might be good on the outside to get more fans into it, right. get more eyeballs on it. But I, I kind of I think I'm leaning towards you where I don't know if it's great for the old type of baseball where you would grow your team from within and then supplement it with a couple of pieces. Right. But the Mets are trying to do, I think, like I said, what the Dodgers did a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's good for baseball, though. Uh, it what definitely, yeah. I, I don't think it is good for baseball at all because – I think it just highlights what a what a difference it is being a big market club to the small market club. The small market club, like let's use Pittsburgh for an example. Pittsburgh is not going to do what the Mets did, and they can't do that. They can't go out there and spend $300 million on payroll. That's just not going to happen. Like Pittsburgh's payroll right now is $35 million, as low as that is. Yeah, it should be at least $100 million, you know? At least that, but it's at 35 million. Let's say if they went up to 200 million, which is still under the salary uh, tax thing, right? If they went up that far, what would they have to do? They would have to raise all the prices for the tickets, raise all the tickets for the beers and sodas and all that parking. stuff. Parking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are the fans are the fans going to be willing to pay all that money extra to go see this team? Because there's just, no guarantee. Right. They might say, whoa, I'm okay with spending $40 on a ticket to walk in there and maybe a, a $10 beer and not instead of a $18 beer like it is at Fenway or at, or at Yankee Stadium, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's the, you know, that's the give back. You, you I want... think the bigger thing is the, the TV rights. Right. That's huge. These exactly. regional individual TV deals. And I know you can't just scrap those and do what the NFL is doing. Right. But... There's got to be, there's got to be a middle ground somewhere. 
there's got to be some room for compromise. Right. I think that's that that's the biggest d- disparity, I think, is the is the TV contracts. So they got to figure something out. Obviously, the f- players are not going to want a salary cap, right? A hard cap. No. They'll want what that's going on now with this tax. Maybe, you know, maybe penalize a team more if they go higher. You know, every level they go higher, penalize them more. Like, take away, you know, the dra- instead of just dropping 10 spots in the, in the draft, drop, you know, 30 spots or, so, you know, just more drastic. But they have to put a floor in because you can't have – you can't have the disparity is this much. I mean, the bottom team, the A's, and that's a horrible team to go with, but they got $25 million in payroll right now compared to the Mets at 298 Not even 10%. Right. I, I, that, it makes no other league out of the four major sports have this. The other three sports, I know it's easier because of the TV contracts, but – it's there's a there's a floor and there's a ceiling. I think the NBA has some sort of a soft cap, right? They have something, yeah, where you could re-sign your own player, right, or something. There's there's leeway there, but football there's not, basketball there's not, I mean, uh, and hockey there's not. There's yeah, a there's cap, most sports there's you got to spend a certain amount, right? At least, and I think that's where baseball they need at least that. Right, because I don't see a cap, a hard cap, but they gotta get a floor in there somewhere. And you, I think you brought it up first, was doing the same tax on the lower teams as you do on the higher teams for not spending enough yeah. money. Right, if you want to set it at a hundred, if you don't spend a hundred, you know, do the same thing: tax them or take away draft picks, uh, international free agent money, all that stuff. You know. Um, but they got to do something because it's just it's just not right. You know, the big market teams and now not just a big market team. Now you got a supermarket team in, you know, with Cohen because he's got like an unlimited payroll, uh, unlimited, you know, bank account. So he could just, OK, we want this guy because and you know what this is leading to next offseason. Who are the Mets going to sign? Devers and Otani. Yeah, they're, 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 it's right. One or both. As sure. crazy as that sounds, that's what they're going to do. That is exactly what they're going to do. I mean, <laughs> Otani's going to cost about fifty million a year for ten or whatever how many years. But that'll it's gonna that'll put them up to like three fifty right there. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, one more guy. Let's go with Devers. <laughs> you know, it's it's um, it's stupid. I, yeah, I don't think it's. <laughs> And we talked about it off the air with player contracts. I don't think it's uh, sustainable the way no. it's going. Definitely not. Um, uh, and that's why the other owners, not just the lower end owners, you know, not the small market owners, but also some of the big market owners are not happy either. Because they know, just like you said, it's it's not sustainable. This is not going to work. This is not going to work for the long haul. Yeah, it's great for this year. It's awesome. Met fans are, they're going nuts right now because, Look at the team they have. They haven't had a team like this in years where they are the favorite to go to the World Series. Obviously, a lot of questions. We, you know, we'll get more into that anyway as we get closer to the season. But on paper, I mean, you can't beat this team. <laughs> yeah. Anything but a big market team has no shot at beating this team. None. And nobody can compete with them. 
and now even big market teams can't even compete. You know, like, yeah. like we'll see it next offseason. Like I said, with Otani, if Cohen wants him, which I'm assuming he will, he's going to offer him whatever the hell he wants, and no one's going to be able to come near it. You know, he'll say, "What do you want? Fifty million? You got it." You know, like <laughs> fifty million a season over eight years. You got it. Eight for four hundred million. Boom, done, or whatever. So it's it's crazy, but it's that's where that's where we're at now. Unfortunately, in in uh, in baseball, um, they I, I would assume when the con you know you know when the players' contract comes up, the players' association, I'm sure it's going to be a, another issue coming up because this is gonna this is gonna happen, and I hope there's no I hope there's not a work stoppage in any way. If there's yeah, a I mean. I'll play devil's advocate for a minute and just say, you know what? These owners are making money. This isn't if if baseball, if this is their main venture, they're still making money. Most of these people are already making money from something else and this is their secondary thing. Right. And if they're if they're not willing to put out a great product, so what? Build the super team in certain areas, New York, if Boston decides to join the party, sure, Los Angeles, different places, and there's just certain teams that aren't going to compete, and that's just the way it is. Right. And it might not, and it goes through cycles. I mean, you know, the Dodgers for a while weren't, didn't win in the 90s. I mean, they didn't win a title. They didn't win a title since what 88 right so these things go in cycles and you know oakland i'm sure will have a good team eventually pittsburgh had had a run there in the late 70s so it's it's tough but i'm sure there are people out there saying you know what to hell with the cap if you got it spend it absolutely i'm i'm good with that too I'm I'm good with going over. Uh, I think both of us agree on the the lower end. There has to be a floor. Has to be. Yeah. It just it's just rules of engagement. Right. It's just there there has to be some sort of spend a hundred million. If you want to go nuts and spend four hundred, fine. Then your your international bonus money, all that stuff gets docked. But you got everyone's got to come to the table and say. You got to spend a certain amount. Yeah, you got it. I mean, the just the taxes that the Mets are the salary tax money that they're paying is over over a hundred million. So that's over like seven or eight teams, ten teams, and that's ridiculous. A, a major league team should be spending at least a hundred million dollars on payroll, right? It's a twenty-four man roster. Yeah, and, I mean, you're spending like or twenty-six. That's, that's just 20, saying four million a person. Yeah. Well, what is it, 26 or 27 man now? 26, so it's less than 4 million on right. the roster. And that's nothing in this, you know, the money is day and age, nuts. It's nothing. Yeah. The money's nuts right now. So but yeah, yeah something's got to get done and I, I hope this whole situation this year pushes them to to fix it somehow. How it's going to get fixed and what's going to happen, I don't know, but hopefully something happens because um I I like none of the owners are happy, right? Even the, the big market ones are not happy at what's what's happening now. So, because they know they like 
Steinbrenner say that's probably the second biggest market, you know, not market, but the second biggest owner or whatever, or even your owner. Like they're not happy either because they know yeah. Cohen's going to, if, if he wants a certain player, he's going to just outbid whoever. Cause he doesn't get, you know what I mean? He's got that yep. extra money and you're out. I know it's billionaires against billionaires. I understand that, but some of them are like, no, we're not going to go, you know, crazy money for a player. We're just not going to, you know, we have this amount and that's it. You know, I can't count. I'm not going to say the Yankees Steinbrenner is cheap. Like some people say that I'm like, are you crazy? He's had one of the highest payrolls or the highest payroll for the last 30 years. Yeah. It's just a matter of where you're spending. It. <laughs> right. He's not spending it. Right. I could, <laughs> I trust me, we could get into an argument about that obviously, but um, yeah. He's definitely not cheap. And when you see the money they're throwing around and then they say, oh, you know, like they can't even get into that stratosphere with with Cohen. So uh, we'll, we'll see, man. You know, like but we, we've we seen it every year. The the team with the highest payroll is not guaranteed to win anything. No. I mean, That's why we'll I said the big obviously the biggest thing in any sport is health. But after if everyone's healthy on the Mets for this year. It's just coming together as a team because the use of it on paper, they look great, but it's – and you don't – and going back to our teams, the Yankees and the Red Sox, you don't have to have a superstar at every position, like you said. It just has to be the right fit. And, and sometimes on, the right <laughs> on paper doesn't translate to on the field. Hopefully for Met fans, it does. Yeah. But – We'll see. Yeah, I mean, listen, last year, the Astros had the eighth highest payroll yeah. at 183. Phillies, fourth highest. They were the other team in the World Series. They were fourth. They had 244 as their payroll. So Mets were higher. Yankees are higher. Dodgers were higher. None of them were in the World Series, right? So. Yeah. But and as we get closer, <laughs> can't believe next episode will be 2023. But as we get into the new year, we'll, once all the free agents are done signing, we'll get into a specific American League and National League preview. But got to mention this on this day <laughs> in baseball history, Babe Ruth given away to the Yankees in 1919 <laughs> by Henry or Harry Frazee. <laughs> for Z. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Harry it sounds, for Z. It sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, like 100,000 and other things. It came out to like 125, I think. And some of it was used to do a play. It just, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> In this day and age, it does not make any sense. No. Back then, I get it. That's a lot of money. Even now, it's still a lot of money. I get it. But it just, I, I never believed in the curse. I just believed in bad timing, momentum, freak play. You know what I mean? Right. Just, just certain games, you know, in 1986 and whatnot, all those different things that happened in 03, the ball just bounces a certain way. And it just happens to be certain teams. But I, I never thought that there was, you know, Babe Ruth with the curse. I don't know. Yeah, I don't believe in curses either and all that stuff. 
like you said, just bad decisions over time. Um, I, I, bad luck. Obviously, that comes yeah, for, for 20 years. You can say you guys had Rivera and we didn't. Yeah. But that, to me, that's the <laughs> easiest difference. You had Mariano Rivera and we didn't. Because when you and when you look over those teams, when you know the Yankees won those World Series, were they that much better than any of the teams that they beat? I don't think so. But that one thing at the end of the bullpen was like the deciding factor almost, right? Or you can even broaden it out and say, you know, your pitching compared to the Red Sox pitching. Yeah. After after Pedro, it was always then one. And especially in the bullpen, right? The yeah. bullpens, that's where the Yankees, I think, to me, the Yankees were ahead of the game. Whereas now, the bullpens are so important, right, yeah. to, to win. Back then, I think people were still relying on their starting pitching to, to go deeper into games and stuff like that. But the Yankees were, I, I don't want to say they were ahead of the game, but they were one of the teams that were, listen, we got to make our bullpen the strongest, you know, our rotation has to be good too. I'm not saying you could go away with, you know, number five starters one through five, but you still need a good rotation, but you also need, or I think what's more important is the bullpen. And I think that's what the Yankees tried to do and it, they succeeded. And I, they, they've done it. I think since then, we've always had a really good bullpen problem is we're not scoring enough runs now lately or whatever, but I, I think the, the Yankees, that's where they had, they knew going into every series Every game, let's get to their bullpen because of because if it becomes a bullpen game, we have the upper hand. Yep. No matter how good, like say when we played, when the Yankees played uh, Pedro, right? When we we didn't have a Pedro Martinez on our team, we had good starters. Work the count, work the count, work the <laughs> right. Count. Yep. Get it to the bullpen because that's how we got to beat them. We can't let the starters be the determination, right? Because Pedro is going to beat our starters no matter what. Like no matter how good Pedro. Uh, Pettit pitched. Pedro was still throwing a two hitter or something going into the seventh inning, but okay. He was at 110 pitches. He had to come out. And that's where if we kept the game close or tied, we had the upper hand. And that was, that was their formula for success, you know? Yeah. So, and they're still doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, and uh, since this is like our holiday episode, I wanted to try something. Why don't we do, if we could gift our team one thing for the holidays, what would, other than obviously a championship, if you could gift your team like a remaining player or a trade or a new, you know, a new hitting cup, you know, something. Right. Because for me, I would just say I would give them, I would, I would literally give the Red Sox a gift card. <laughs> and have them spend it on the team. Right. On anything you want. Just one of those like prepaid debit cards and right. just like no amount. It's right. crazy for a week. Just 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 have a weekend, you and the guys. Have a weekend. Go out there, go nuts. And I'll foot the bill. That's what I would do for the holidays. Not a specific player. Just go <laughs> out there and just go out there and have some fun. Right. <laughs> Whatever's left in the free agent market. There's yeah, not much, but specifically but... the Devers. Right, exactly. Get him but out of Devers. Devers would be my holiday. Right, wine and dine Belgians. him. Right, get him, get him locked up for the remainder of his. Because career. I saw things online. I think we retweeted it on Twitter. Um, 
kids opening stuff for Christmas or holidays and yeah. just getting like jerseys and they were just over the moon about it. And it's like, if your team isn't spending the money on those talented players, it's, there's a whole trickle down effect that it's just like, I don't think sometimes owners need to be in the position of being a fan once in a while. Right. To realize how much this means to some people, you know? And like, then, and that, that's it. Look like with the Yankees, like real quick, like with the Yankees, they had to sign Judge, right? Because he's the face of the yeah. franchise. All that stuff, we get it. With the Red Sox, is is that the you think is that the reason why they're not signing Devers? Like they don't they don't think or they don't want Devers to be that guy, the face of the franchise. Is that the then who is right? I was gonna say like if it's not him, who could it be? I mean, are you really going out there with Chris Sale and Trevor Story? Oh, I mean, sure. There are teams with worse, but if you're going with one pitcher and one position player, it's, I, I guess, if Devers leaves, it's story and sale. It just... Personally, I would make it like Whitlock and Devers, something like that. But maybe even Bellow, because he's a young. Yeah, Bayo is going to be Bayo. Uh, eventually, Red Sox fans hope it's Bayo and Cassis. Right. But for right now, I, I would do Devers and then somebody like a Whitlock, thinking, kind of projecting forward. But yeah, the, I, that that's what I was thinking with that too, because. Like with the Yankees, it was like you gotta sign him because he's the face of the franchise. It's not, or he's and he's the most popular player on the team. And I would assume, especially now with Bogart's gone, I would think Devers is the most popular guy on the team, right? Yeah, but does he slide into that captaincy role? Does he? And we didn't even get into Judge being a captain, which we can end with that. Do kind of uh, get your thoughts on that? But, well, real um, quick, do you, do you see Devers as a? captain play like a guy that could be no and i hate to say no because then someone's going to say like if somebody says no he's not the captain then you're going to be like well what's wrong with him no i I know what you mean you say he's a hard you know what i mean like right i know what you mean he's a great clubhouse guy he's got a great personality like he's always smiling having a good time he plays well obviously but i don't think he's the captain right I think he's the guy that you want up at bat at the end of the game. But I think the captain's probably the heartbeat of the Red Sox right now. <sighs> That's tough. That's tough. Do they I would say one? if you could put Devers' talent with somebody's like Verdugo's kind of moxie. Right. Because you can't you're not gonna make the captain Verdugo. He's about two seventy, right? <laughs> it's like five home runs a year. I mean, right? It's not going to. I, I would have said Christian Vasquez if we kept them. Yeah, I yeah, that's another somebody one. like that. So I think we'll get into that in further episodes. You know, what is the identity of the team? Right. I don't think they have one right now. To be honest, no, they don't. They're. I think they're in a kind of holding pattern. Where they're spending enough money to say, well, well, we're still the Boston Red Sox. But they're not really acting like it. So, but I, let's end on a positive. What do you think? Obviously, 
you're happy with the judge signing, being named the captain. What was what do you think it means to to the Yankee Yankee fans and to judge just to be the captain? I I think it meant everything. I I think once he signed that contract, you know, being named captain was was going to happen eventually because he's been the the leader of the team the last few years, um, especially after uh, CC left. Um, he was definitely you know the quote unquote leader or captain of the team. So I think once he got signed to the extension, it was just a matter of time in naming the captain. So that just adds to the legacy of this you know, of, of judge, right. After they signed him, that's where I think that's where he made his probably final decision. Like, listen, if I could get Steinbrenner to give, get me up to nine years, I'll be good. And the amount I want, then I'm happy. I don't care what San Fran gives me or San Diego, whoever, if they get me to this amount, I'll be happy because my legacy is going to be set with the Yankees being named captain you know, getting my number retired. It'll be out there in center field for, you know, the rest of my life and the rest of the Yankees, you know, history. And I'm probably going to, you know, and maybe, you know, go into the Hall of Fame as well. But as a Yankee, it's different than, you know, if he signs with San Francisco or San Diego, you know, it's a different kind of legacy there. Because you're like, oh, yeah, he started with the Yankees. He ended up with San Diego. And, you know, it's not the same. When you're a life you know, when you're a Yankee from day one until the day you retired and you have the career that he's going to have, hopefully, <laughs> um, and being named captain and already the history that he has, that's going to be a legacy that's going to go on forever. And I just hope, not that I'm comparing him to Mattingly or any other player, but I don't want him to be compared. I don't want him to have the same career as Mattingly, where Mattingly had this great career, obviously got hurt, but named captain, one of the most popular players, probably the second most popular player after Mickey Mantle in the in Yankee history is Don Mattingly. And he never won a, a World Series. And I don't want that to I really hope it doesn't happen with Judge. I hope Judge wins at least one. So he has that, you know, because when you know, when you think about all the great Yankees, Mattingly's like the one that never won a World Series. And with all the World Series that they did win. You know, he couldn't like run into one somewhere. Um, you know, he just missed one, obviously retiring in 95. He missed the 96 one. But uh, that's where I just hope for him, for his sake, for my sake, too. I'd love to have my team win the World Series again. But for his sake, I hope he gets that because he's going to get he's already got the captaincy. He's going to get his number retired as long as he doesn't have any catastrophic injury. Um, he's going to get his number retired. He's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame as a Yankee as well. Um, I just hope he gets that ring, you know, because it's, 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 it's important. I think in, in every aspect from a fan's point of view, from a player's point of view, and from, you know, from fans from outside the team. So I, that's where I think it means a lot and being named captain. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome uh, for the, for the guy. I think it's awesome for the fans. We have the captain of the team now and um, you know, we had Jeter, El Capitan. I don't know what they're going to do with with Judge, what kind of nickname nickname he's going to get. But uh, In New York? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, and on this day, too, there's another one for you. Uh, one of your greatest players was born on this date in 1947. 1947. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh boy. If, I give, if I give you position, you'll know right away. 
Really? I'll I'll give you the position, not to be here all night, but uh, <laughs> catcher. Carlton Fisk. Yes. Nineteen forty-seven. Wow! Yeah, happy birthday. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I would have been for a while. Nineteen forty-seven. And one of the greatest shortstops, Ozzy Smith, was born on this date. Nineteen fifty-four. Wow. Okay. There you have it. Ozzy Smith. Ozzy. You can't get much better than Ozzy Smith defensively. Yeah. So, no. That's that's the uh, the gold standard. Yeah. That's shortstop. So, but yeah, no, that's, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's, that's really it, you know, with the Yankees and get back to what I want, what I would want to gift the Yankees. Um, I would, I, and a, a left fielder, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not stupid, but am I, if I'm being picky, yeah, I would love Brian Reynolds, but we talked about it earlier. That's probably not going to happen, but um, I'd love a left fielder, you know, whether it's Max Kepler or, Another player in a trade or, you know, going into the free agency pool that what's left pro far. I would love switch hitter could lead off. Um, and McCutcheon, I McCutcheon is one of my favorite players. So that's why I would love to see him, you know, come back to the Yankees. He's only played like 25 games uh, a few years ago with us, but uh, so left fielder for the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see in the next coming weeks, what happens with left field situation, Devers, the remaining free agents with Correa and that gets finalized. <clears throat> but that, that puts a wrap on 2022 for us. Yep. Uh, this was episode 77 of Talking Rivals. Follow us at Talking Rivals, TalkingRivals.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Chris is at CP7NY, covering everything Yankees. I'm at Patrick Trotty, covering Red Sox. Um, like I said, wherever you get your podcast, Sportswire Radio, sportnarian.com backslash player. Uh, check out Thomas Bryce, the station manager, at Thomas Bryce 2017. And um, until next time, enjoy what's left of 2022 and have a good uh, holiday season. Take care, guys. Happy New Year. <laughs>